Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans. Bird, ready, bird. Very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't want believer. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined on the line, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Oh, what's up, Jet fans? Also with us this week, blessing us with his knowledge. Know him, you love him. The majestic beast. The big stinking Wookiee. Nicholas Kronk is in the building. What is going on, everybody, tonight? I hope you're doing good. And guys, look, I know we're not getting too detailed into the games now that we're going to 0-10 and we're taking L's left and right. But we do have a Raiders expert on the show this week to help us break down this game coming up since Mike has been talking all kinds of smack all year about the Raiders. Joining us on the line, none other than Daniel Scampoli, everybody. What's up, guys? Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. You got it, brother. Thank you for joining us. Before we get to the Raiders, Dan, and we bring your expertise into play, we're going to talk a little bit about last week. And as we continue down this path, Mike, as we inch week by week, Step by step, interception by interception, closer to possibly being able to get Trevor Lawrence. It's it's getting so close, Mike, our garbage levels, that I could taste it at this point. All right? I don't want to say anything. I don't want to ruin it. You I'm know, not I don't want to blow it. I don't um, want to jinx it. You know how our luck has been uh, when, it, when it comes to, to, to drafting quarterbacks and things of that nature. But another loss last week, Mike, where, you know, we started off okay. Maybe the first drive there got... Nothing else going the rest of the day. We fall now to 0-11. Sam, Mike, we've given him a lot of, I think us, more than most people. You and I have given him a lot of free passes. I know a lot of people bad on Sam, a lot of podcasts, a lot of writers. Maybe not so many writers, but a lot of podcasts and pundits and Jet fans. Their opinion on Sam obviously is soured completely. You and I, we kept it real at all times with all players, with everybody, with Jamal Adams, with Gase, when we had McCagden, when we had Bulls, no matter what the situation was. We were honest about it, and we really, and I think me and you, I, I'm not, I don't want to speak for you, Mike, but we were kind of in lockstep where we thought, look, Sam can still be the guy. Even the beginning of this year when they struggled and we stunk, um, in, your, in my head at least, I was like, you know what, Gase is what kind of maybe is holding him back, which probably is still partially true. However, this week, when you have Crowder and you have Perryman and you have Mims out there, not that he's that great of a player, but Herndon was out there also. I know the offensive line was banged up, and we had to have a makeshift right tackle there, but you still had Becton in there holding it down. Gore had a pretty good day running the ball, and still, Mike, Sam couldn't get anything done in the air. Two bad interceptions, horrible quarterback rating. I mean, it's one of these games, I guess what I'm saying in a roundabout way, it's like we've tried to give him a lot of excuses, a lot of outs this season, and then we stepped in last week versus a team that has a pretty decent defense, but you think you'd be able to at least get something done. And Mike, he didn't look good at all. Seven starts, 
1,200 yards, three touchdowns, eight interceptions, 0-7 record on the season is Sam Samuel Darnold. And, you know, he is now the first Jets QB to throw zero touchdowns in four straight games since Geno Smith. Wow. Okay. Okay. You know, I think that um, if you even look at what the offense looked like with Darnold in versus Flacco, and I know that we love us some Joe Flacco, maybe not as much as Senior does, but Joe Flacco offense averaged 15.8 points per game, two touchdowns, had 63 points in total. With Sam, it's averaging 9.6 points per game. 0.4 touchdowns per game, 67 points, three TDs. I mean, it is what it is, man. And, you know, we came into the season, we had very high expectations for Sam, 4,000 yards plus 25 Ts, okay? And uh, his first year was a little rocky road, but at the end, of, he was starting to look really good, went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. Second year, got mono, didn't look good in the beginning, came back. Went, played against the Raiders, busted them up, you know what I'm saying? And then after the Raider game, you realize he hasn't thrown for two more than two touchdowns, more than uh, uh, a touchdown in a game. So yeah. having two or more touchdowns yeah. since that Raider game. Since yeah. that Raider game. Yeah. That's the last time our quarterback threw multiple touchdowns in a and game. And Mike, okay. in the last five games, too, since that Indy game. Now, the first game of the season, he had a touchdown, a pick. Um, since that Colt game where he threw three picks, after that game, he had no touchdowns in the Denver game. We know he got banged up. Two picks, no touchdowns versus Buffalo. No touchdowns versus KC. Two interceptions there versus the Dolphins. So we try to give, we've tried to give him excuses, Mike, and I don't want to just completely bury Sam, but um, we knew he was going anyway. But even I'm looking at him now, and I really want to hear what the Wook and, and Dan think about this. I'm looking at him now almost as... Is this kid even, you know, people are, a lot of people love to say, oh, watch him leave the Jets and go somewhere and be successful. Of course, that could potentially happen. Anything could happen. But I, I don't really see that. I don't see that happening with Sam. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, you're a Raider fan, Dan. You know, everyone loves, loves to bring up Rich Gannon when they talk about quarterbacks that maybe didn't start off well or weren't a start and end up becoming really good. But a guy like Rich Gannon, a guy like Goff after his first year, or even a Tannehill, who actually wasn't that bad with the Dolphins, if you look, that's an anomaly. That doesn't happen a lot. Guys don't normally start off kind of bad for three years, then figure it out and become elite. I mean, what do you think? What do you think? Look, I'm going to ask you first. Do you think Sam Darnold at this point is what he is? Or do you think he could go somewhere else, find himself, and still be really successful? Uh, I absolutely 100% think he can go someplace that is, and sorry as I am to say this, not as toxic as the Jets are at this moment. Of course. Um, I mean, I don't know the number offhand. You guys would obviously know that more than me. How many different offenses has he had to learn since he's been drafted? Two. Well, two, but the thing is, he learned, you know, he had the offense that was installed when he had balls there. Now he's had Gase the last two years, but then Darrell Loggins is calling plays. We're going to get into this, too, and the whole mess that that is. It almost seems like the last two years, even though it hasn't been that many offensive coordinators, when you have Gase in there... Like everything's changing from week to week. There's no nothing that's nothing that's set in stone. There's nothing that's you can count on when you talk about toxic mm-hmm. environment. Exactly, um, exactly. Like uh, the last game uh, when they when Mims was getting hot in the second half, 
I'm not a Jet fan, but I I can see football and go, where was this in the first half? Obviously, they haven't changed anything defensively. Mims yeah. is getting open. Mims, I mean, you have, there's a rapport there between him and, 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 and the quarterback. I mean, but I obviously, back to Sam, I think it's, I mean, he's, oh God, he's so young still. And he dominated a couple of years at USC, you know, Pac-12. I don't care what anybody tells me. Yeah. There are good defenses out there. The kid can throw the ball. The kid can play the position. I think if you get some kind of consistency in a place where he doesn't have Adam Gase, we saw what he did with Miami um, and players there after he left in the comparisons. Yeah, uh, but he he's fallen, Nick. I mean, no, I, I, I agree with you, Mike. I do, but I, I still think that the kid, if he gets a chance with the, it's going to have to be the right environment, and he's going to have to have the same coach for a while. But I, I think the kid is just too talented to not. I don't think he'll ever live up to the hype coming out anymore. I think yeah, his experience with the Jets and maybe being slightly under. The talent level everybody thought he might have been at that contributed to it, but I think he could be successful. What do you think, Danny? Thinks Darnold's a guy that's still moving forward, goes to another team, maybe sits for a year behind someone, can take over and still be successful in the league. You guys have watched this for two years now. It's the Gase factor for me. I I can't take anybody on that offense for what I've watched under Gase. I need to watch you somewhere else. I mean, I, I he's not going to get the perfect. Uh, situation wherever he goes. He's just not. He's going to end up backing up somebody. But I would take a chance on anybody in the Gase offense and just see if there's untapped talent there because I just don't trust him. I don't trust him as a play yeah. caller. I don't trust him as a, a coach right. that actually gets along with his players. So I, I have to see you in a more comfortable environment and see if there's untapped. So, sure. I mean, as from what I've seen now, I don't have much faith in it, but that gates factor has to yeah. come in. Yeah, that comes into play. I mean, that's Yeah, hard. but you know, when Jeremy Bates was working with Sam back in 2018 as a rookie, uh, he got hurt and then came back and his footwork started looking better. His mechanics started getting better. He was being able to start reading defenses. And, you know, there were some steps that he needed to take from year one to year two. And when Gase came in, the part that people just don't understand is Gase isn't someone who works on mechanics. Gase isn't somebody that helps a quarterback uh, to read defenses or help him, you know, make decisions or throw a ball, a better ball or, or, or play with more finesse or skill. Gase knows his plays and it's complicated, the scheme he knows, but he knows it really well. And it's something that Peyton Manning later on in life was able to just get in there and just do it. And he was the one who ended up running it and he was able to be successful with it. But you can't take that and then just throw that at this 21 year old and expect him to just be good. And as you saw last year and now to this year, you can even look at the games last year. You know, he came back from mono. He played pretty decently for a two three game stretch and then from there it was one touchdown no touchdowns one touchdown no touchdowns and that's how he played because he was regressing and this year now he can't you know he's he's not making this, the right decisions he's not able to read players before where a guy was open he would he would read them and miss them now he's not even seeing them i mean he's lost and he's gonna need to go somewhere where he can sit learn feel comfortable in an offense again and and essentially just relearn the position he does have skills like like you guys alluded to 
But uh, Adam Gase destroyed this kid, and I'm fully, I fully believe that because uh, Keith, as you know, like when Aaron Rodgers came to the Meadowlands, and Sam played against Aaron Rodgers, and he went toe to toe with with Aaron, and me and you were like, yo. I have not seen a quarterback like that. And he's 21. We were so excited. That's not the same guy we're looking at right now. Remember all those throws he would make? Isn't the same guy. It's not. It's sad. I mean, it's going to be, he potentially could be a casualty of, um, you know, what it's going to take for us to get better is to move on from him. I mean, I mean, Sam could go on somewhere and do good, but, you know, I just think he's too damaged at this point. But, there, I mean, there is parts of that game. There is another, um, there is a few positives coming out of that game, Mike, we want to oh, get yes. to. But before we do that, though, I just want to mention one thing. Now, when, when you have reporters asking the coach of the team, are you calling plays? And he says, no, man. It's just, you know, this isn't that hard. And he says this isn't that hard as if, the people asking the questions are idiots. No one gets it. You know, why right. are you even asking me this? You know, when you're being, uh, you're attempting to push that sarcasm out to the world when you respond, and then you get pushed on it, and people say, well, you know, you're saying Darryl Lockins is calling the plays, but he was talking to someone on the sideline while the offense was playing. So he wasn't even looking at the game. <laughs> you were calling plays. They could watch him. Like, it's not like people don't have eyes. They can, they can just watch. And they saw Gates calling plays, so later on he's like, well, no, yeah, you know, I, I was calling the plays, too. It's collaborative effort, you know, this and that. It's just like, <laughs> it's, it, if in the same press conference you contradict yourself, but at the beginning of it you act like everyone else is an idiot, it's just amazing to me. It, it just, Mike, it just always, you don't think it get worse with this idiot. It doesn't matter at this point. Mike, it's just, it's just, it's just like a peripheral, stupid story, and the grand scheme of things doesn't matter, right? But he's, it's just another, Mike, it's just one more little piece. <laughs> of evidence to show you how much of an idiot this dude is. I don't even take it as a little piece. I take it as this is what Adam Gase is. Because what people fail to realize is that the Jets were losing, losing, losing. And changes needed to be made. And I'm sure that his bosses had a discussion like, dude, you need to do something to change this. You know, and for optics, for whatever. So what happened when they were, I think, 0-6, 0-7? He came out in front of the press and said, yeah, we're changing things up. Dowell is calling all offensive plays from now on. So we're not just talking about something little. We're talking about your decision, Adam, to fix the team. Your decision. You made this change, not anything else. You made the change to go to Dow Loggins to call offensive plays, and that would fix what's wrong with the New York Jets. This is why the reporters keep asking you, are you still calling plays? Exactly. Because you're not doing what you said you were exactly. gonna do. And you told your bosses, I'm sure, Woody and Christopher, and Woody, Woody's out there in England, Christopher and, and JD and all them, that you were making changes, but you really didn't. And you lied. And when you're on the sidelines with the main clipboard, which you're facing the in the thing, smelled into Sam, and Sam Darnold tells us, I only hear one voice, and that's Adam Gase. And you really think that we're going to believe that Dow Loggins is just telepathically Jedi mind trick calling plays to Sam? Dude, like, this is about you and your stubbornness and your inability to change. And that's yeah. why you are the worst coach we have 
ever had. And it's funny, it almost seems like he wanted to put Dara Loggins' names on it. So if it, they kept sucking, maybe Gase wouldn't take as much of a hit or something like that. But how do you know, how would you not think people would notice that? I mean, it's just it's hysterical. The level, how stupid he must think people are, especially in New York, it's, it's unbelievable. But again, especially the, the New York media. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what do you, these guys are vultures. And especially, Dan, if you're going to, if the play calling's become an issue, which you did about a month ago, and you're saying someone else is going to call plays, and then we watched Loggins call plays for a couple weeks, and then last week there was times he didn't even have a play sheet in his hand. You know, how do you don't, you don't think people notice that. Um, let him, let him keep rocking out. I mean, this is, this is what you get with Adam Gates. This is what we got here. He's had a career that as a head coach, what his MO has been has been to blame other people. It's never his fault. He's never made a mistake yet, even though his offenses have stunk the whole way through. No accountability. And that's what you get, man. And like and teams I'm not saying Jets have a lot of guys that aren't accountable. I think the Jets have a lot of good character guys on there in spite of Gase. And I think it's because they all know he's gonna be gone. You know, that that bum. So that's yeah, yeah. that. But you, you know what, Keith? It's sad. This team may go 0 and 16 and may have three Pro Bowl players under the age of twenty three. How about that? Someone, I mean, right after the Niner game, we were like, wow, man, Quentin Williams really looked great in that game. He yeah. looks like he's beasting out. And as the season's gone on here, especially this last five or six weeks, man, he has really become an absolute force to the point that on a national level, I think people are taking notice of Quentin, not just us here in New York. After his, I mean, his first year, there was times out there, Mike, you know, he was just... Uh, he was invisible. He wasn't even. He, he didn't do anything in games. He didn't get any pressures. He wasn't really a force at all. And this year is just completely different. He had one and a half sacks last week. He was just all over the place in the game. Three more QB hits. He's just starting to put up levels of play on a consistent basis that is in the upper echelon of defensive tackles in the league. You know, and if you keep that up, you're going to make a lot of money for yourself. You're going to end up in a lot of Pro Bowls. But also. A guy like that that's creating that much havoc right in the middle of the of the of the defensive line. Uh, I should say the offensive line. I mean, that's just such a weapon. Because obviously you got guys coming up the edge flying in. That's that's as good a weapon as you can get. But it's so rare. You guys all know in football to have anybody in right in the middle that is more even than a run stopper. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys that are run stoppers. A lot of guys we were growing up like Tony Saragusa. That was pretty good at stopping the run. He was never going to get a sack or get near the quarterback or do anything else. And when you have those multifaceted guys like Quinnen, what like what he's turning out to be, you know, it's just it's really rare. And he does seem like someone. I don't know if he's going to make the Pro Bowl or not, Quinnen. But Mike, he's really raised his game to just a mega elite level in the last couple weeks. Stats from Michael Nania: most pressure stops, pass deflections among interior defensive linemen. Donald has 76. To it has 67. Brady Jarrett is third with 59, and Quinnen Williams is tied for fourth with 54. And he set career highs with seven pressures against the Chargers, and then he went out and matched it with seven pressures against the Dolphins. Added two batted passes, forced fumble. He's a complete beast right now. I believe in the last two weeks uh if i'm not mistaken he's first in pressures first in stop stops and first in sacks yeah. for interior defensive linemen i mean dan look what are you thinking about q williams right now what are you the thinking kid is about on fire the kid is on fire I, I i put it in our our fantasy chat earlier he's i mean the last couple of games y- you can't Fan or not, you can't deny what the kid's doing. I mean, f- good for him. Good for I can't say anything more than good for him. Those guys are impossible to find. That's why they're so valuable because even the 
quarterbacks that have the ability to roll out, if you pressure them up the middle, like we've seen people do to Tom Brady and the statue quarterbacks, it really disrupts their whole game. And the guys that roll out makes them roll out faster. It it's so it's so hard to deal with when you have an interior lineman that can get to the quarterback. Yeah, and guys, listen to this. Williams, according to ESPN, uh, Williams ranks first in the NFL among def- amongst defensive tackles in run-stop win percentage when they're trying to block them on the run. So basically the best run-stopping defensive tackle in the NFL and fifth in pass rush win rate. So you're talking about a guy that's right up there, right up there with the best D tackles in the league. And that happened rather quick, Mike, because last year, last year, he flashed a few times, but wasn't dominant this year, flashed at the beginning of the year, and in the past six or seven weeks, I don't know, he's just gone through the roof. And another guy who's leading in the AFC all voting oh when it comes goodness. to tackles for the Pro Bowl voting is one Makai Becton, a.k.a. the walking eclipse, Mike. Out there just tossing humans around on a weekly basis. One of my favorite plays of the season is when Ingram tried to bull rush him in the Charger game. And he just, he just pushed Ingram back like when, you know, you're just playing, you know, you're babysitting like an eight-year-old on that too. And they try to go full strength on you. And you're just like, I can just grab you with hand strength. I can man strength you and just push you back, child. And, you know, guys, Becton's been dominant, Mike. That's been a tremendous pick. And you look at the draft last year, Makai Becton, Denzel Mims, Braden Mann punting the ball. Ashton Davis has played really well. And Bryce Hall's been playing really well. So, I mean, last year's draft was a home run, Mike. We won't go through the whole thing right now, but right at the top of the list, there has to be Makai Becton. Oh, he allowed just one pressure uh, against the Dolphins. And over the past four games, Becton has given up four pressures. All of them were hurries um, and over 11 protections, 111 protection snaps. Becton is uh, probably, again, like I said the last time, the best draft pick we've made since... Uh, Darrell Revis, and he is going to be very, very attractive for any young quarterback that potentially will get come on this team uh, next year. And by the way, Keith, um, lem- um, actually, I'll ask this to Dan. So, Dan, I know you're a Raider fan. You would never want to see your team go 0-16, right? No, never. So I posed a, a, um, a poll on Twitter. And I left it open for a day. We got uh, hundreds of responses. And um, I asked the question, what would you rather see? Uh, Owen 16, draft Lawrence. 1 in 15, draft Fields. Or 1 in 15, stick with Sam. What, what, do you, what do you think got the most votes? Lawrence, definitely. By a ton. 62%. <laughs> landslide. And, and landslide. <laughs> And 33, actually, there was more for sticking with Sam than actually drafting Fields, which I was surprising. But that poll was taken before this game that we had on Sunday. Well, we did get some emails and some action on Twitter, Mike, where people said they were demanding a recount. And they want those votes recounted because they don't believe in it's fake news, how the votes came out. We'll see how that works out. Mims, though, let's get into Denzel Mims, too, and then we'll get right into this Raider game. Another pretty decent game for him. Only eight targets, four catches, 67 yards. But, Mike, it's just like each week, and you had a stat there with Mims 
uh, when it comes to his percentage of the Jets passing yards, the games he's played in. Now, we haven't passed for that many yards, but the amount of yards we actually have passed for, he's accounted for over 30% of them, I think. And the only other receiver in the NFL, rookie receiver, to do that is uh, Jefferson. Yeah. From the Vikings, which is tremendous. So I'm not saying, no one's saying he's as good as Jefferson at this point. He has a lot to prove. Jefferson has been elite pretty much since that third game when they started him. He's been playing great. And we'll, we'll see how it goes with Mims, but another game where he looked great, another game where he averaged about 16 yards per reception, had a 30-yard catch there. Looks like someone on a weekly basis that's going to be productive for us. And once we actually get a consistent passing game going, um, instead of this, you know, I don't know, not that Sam was horrific last week, but, you know, he wasn't as efficient as you'd like him to be. He just seems like someone, another guy like like Becton, like Hugh, like a lot of the draft picks last year, where even though we just are absolutely putrid right now to watch on a weekly basis, and it's embarrassing, and we stink, there is some people here, and there are some guys I'm like, going into next season to give us some hope. Absolutely. Denzel Mims has caught first downs against Tredavious White, Casey Hayward, Xavier Howard uh, since 1970. Um, rookies to post 40 plus receiving yards in their first five games. Terry Glenn did it. Andre Johnson, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, CD Lamb, and Denzel Mims. Most yards per route run among rookies right now. Justin Jefferson at 2.91, Chase Claypool at 2.16, and Denzel Mims at 2.01. And today, you know, and I'm not someone that's going to lie and say that I'm not emotionally attached to the prospect of Denzel Mims becoming <laughs> a superstar because, number one, I, I you know, I, I saw him, you know, early and I really, really liked his skill set. But then I, dra- I got him on my team in our Dynasty League and today Daniel was to, had the nerve and the gall to not even bring him up as part of the deal when I traded away uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. He said, oh, you only gave him up for two first-round picks. Failed to mention! <laughs> Failed to mention Denzel Mims! To, to me, it's Denzel and then two firsts. You know what I'm saying? So I got tight. I'm like, oh, you just forget about this cat? Well, it's okay because you're going to learn real quick, Dan, on Sunday, who number 11 is. Wow. And man, that's quite a segue there. And speaking of that, guys, let's get right into it. Jets, Raiders, Ooh, the 0 and 11 time. Jets, battle the loss, Vegas Raiders. Let's get into it. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. So, 0 and 11 Jets ready to take on the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Last year. Jets battled the Raiders. A little bit of a better team last year for the Jets. I think the Raiders were still better than us last year. And it was just a brutal game. If you're a Raider fan, it was a beatdown, a destruction. In every single way, shape, and form, the Jets just completely embarrassed the Raiders. Now, that's last season. That's last season, guys. Okay, I'm living off that. I'm living off it still because this season, I feel like could be a different story. <laughs> Yo, you know, I don't want to put words in Dan's mouth now. I know in his mind, his logical mind, his frontal lobe, he's like, of course, we should smack the crap out of this team. The Jets stink. I know they've had some tough games this year, but the Raiders, you know, good team, much better team than the Jets in every single side of the ball, all facets. But there's another part of your mind, Dan, that has to be worried, has to be worried. (laughs) You could be the team that gives up that first W to the Jets. I'm horrified of this game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm horrified of this game. 
MetLife Stadium has been a house of horrors for the Raiders. Yes. It's been a house of horrors. The thing is, it's crazy. It's like you would think that the people who are, are the fans of the team that sucks, that's 0-11, would be nervous and scared, you know, and the team that has a 70% chance of winning, where they were coming all top but it's completely opposite. Raider fans are shook right now, son. You know why? And I and I think I would have been. I think I would be more um, confident. But this team was six and four, and just went to Atlanta and got boat raced, completely boat raced. It was something I haven't seen since last year of the Jet game. And now we're going back to MetLife. We're playing at that 10 a.m. slot on the West Coast with a slot that the Raiders hate and the Jets are winless it's like you know I want to be in here confident going we owe them a, a butt kicking let's go in there let's uh, slam Sam around but I'm horrified you go into the stats the Raiders offense is a million times better than ours Mike they almost have 300 points oh, already yeah. this year and we have 150 but we've given up 322 points the Raiders have given up 319 that's a lot of points now our offense our offense is like bad news from every oh. single angle. It's a complete nightmare every single week. Always They always find new and creative ways to look like <laughs> trash. I don't know how they managed to do it with the Jets, but the Raiders' defense this year has not been great. Now, their offense, we're going to get to their offense, and that's what I'm really the most worried about. But, Dan, you can tell us a lot better than I could about the defense this year. I mean, when, I, when the year started off, it seemed to me, and we spoke about it one time, I was like, man, it seems like the Raiders' defense is pretty solid last year. And you were like, nope, they weren't. And they haven't been. So how has this year gone? I see 319 points. It seems like that's a lot. Uh, Yeah, it's a lot. When the Raiders' defense is on the field, you pray. You pray. You pray for the quarterback missing a wide-open wide receiver because <laughs> Mullins is okay. Arnett, the draft pick, is a rookie. He hasn't been great. You know, it, they can't get to the quarterback. What are they, 30th or 31st in sacks? Their linebackers that they brought in, Corey Littleton from uh, the Rams, has been a complete bust. It it's really this this defense was not fixed. It was supposed yeah. to be fixed in the offseason and it wasn't fixed. And it's the reason why we lost to Kansas City the second time because whatever Patrick Mahomes wanted to do, he did. Carr had an amazing game and they scored how many points against the Chiefs where they only punted once or twice. And every time Patrick Mahomes had the had the ball, right down the field. Same thing with Matt Ryan. Same thing with Tom Brady. Same thing with Jared, uh, Josh Allen. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. And it's going to be well, with Donald this week. It will. Sam ain't going down the field like that. Trust me. I think he – but you say that, but you haven't faced this defense yet. This defense is Swiss cheese. You can pass on them. You can run on them. You can do whatever you want on them. But you know what? The, the one thing, the one thing is we have Abrams as a safety who can make a couple hard hits every once in a while. It's great. Can't wait. You know, we, we will have all three receivers back again this week, Mike. It's like everyone's going to be a full go. Now, when you flip it over to the uh, offensive side of the ball, Carr is just, he's always, to me, been, uh, Derek Carr, always been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. This year is his highest quarterback rating he's ever had. Last year was his highest quarterback rating. This year, he's actually raised it up. He's at 104 right now, 19 TDs, only four interceptions on the season. He's right about 250 yards a game. I think he's playing great. And, you know, you have Jacobs, who's tremendous. They got a, the receiving weapons, Waller, Renfro, Aguilar's, even even though Aguilar is what it is, we bust his chops. He has six touchdowns. He actually leads the team in touchdowns. It just seems like a defense is where you have a liability. But the Jets, the Jets' defense this week 
is going to be starting three rookies again. Now, we're going to get pressure up the middle with Quinnen. But besides that, I don't think it's that, that much right now you have to worry about with Jets linebackers, with Jets cornerbacks. Um, so, I don't know. I just if the, It would be fun to see a shootout. And that's always great. And I'll say this to Mike, but we've gone up against other defenses that we're like, oh, this defense isn't good. And we can't score on them either. It's nice to see a team like the Raiders on paper, but um, I know how last year went, but this is a huge game for them. Mike, do you think we really have a chance when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, even though we have Q, even though we have some bright spots on D, it hasn't been equaling out to actually stopping teams from putting points on the board. Do you think this week's going to be more of the same? Bless on Austin isn't playing this week. So I think the Raiders dodged a bullet there. You know what I'm saying? Carr got rid of it and hit almost immediately. Big collision. That was Renfro just getting smacked from last season. There's no reason to put that oh, in, Dan. I'm sorry. But in post-production, sometimes you have to do these things. That re- <laughs> Bless on Austin. Did, that's where he kind of put his name on the map last year. But Renfro's been having Renfro. We bust his chops. He looks like he looks like he should just be selling you like paint at Home Depot. But guess what? Guess what, guys? He makes plays. He makes plays. He's Dan's most beloved player, I think, on the entire team. He's very good. That's a 100% of fact. Most treasured. Very impressed with him. Jacobs has had a tremendous year. Nine touchdowns, 782 yards. Uh, I, th- I think that you guys will have your way against the Jet defense. I mean, honestly, our secondary has been absolutely horrific. Um, we do have Bryce Hall starting at cornerback, and I will tell you this. Very early, promising, Bryce Hall has allowed 1.16 yards cover snap, which ranks 58 best out of 133 cornerbacks with 100-plus cover snaps, the 50, highest 57th percentile. So we have this young rookie that we took in the fifth round who is hurt, and we're literally having him go up against another team's ex and yeah. being like, okay, third, yeah, it's, it's three games into his career, too. Do right. It. And he's been actually not bad. He's, he's in the top half of the league, you know? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so, you know, you, you're really not going to have much, like I said, Blesson's out to go up against. I think Waller, who has been an absolute savage this year, is going to have a, a great game. And I think the, the Raiders offense should have its way with the Jet defense. Um, I understand what you said about the Jet offense, but, you know, Sam hasn't thrown a touchdown since September, since my, my 40th birthday. And it's December, okay? It's been a while. It's been a minute. Been and a while, man. I just don't see it, to be honest with you. I mean, look, I've been saying all along that the Jets' one win will be against the Raiders. And it's just, I don't know why I think that. It's just hilarious because I just feel like it, it just it just At this point, with like the that. ice cream on the cake? I, I yeah. did, but I don't want the, I mean, I don't want to say I don't want that. Because I don't want to be, whatever. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We don't want to be. We don't want to be 0 16. I get it, man. Nobody I, wants it. It's one of these deals where it's like we're gonna potentially be 0 16, and then when people look retroactively at the stats, our stats are way worse than the Lions and the Browns those years. Yeah, but no one. And the thing is, the 0 16 mantra. Who cares? Like, no one. No, I care. know. The, but the other thing is, it's COVID too. The Steelers may go undefeated. It's COVID year. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm gonna say. I'm be like, it's COVID. Get off. I my think. Head. I think the one thing, Mike, I know you like to, when you watch the game, I know you like to key uh, in on players and try and watch one player work. I think you should key on Quinnen this week because he's going against who I think is the best center in the league in Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson at right uh, guard is a monster. 
I think if he, Quinn and Williams, has a good week this week, he's going to be really doing something because those are the two best players the Raiders have. You can count, you know, Waller and uh, Carr for as good as they are. Yeah. The center of our and the right side of our line is our power. And I don't think Trent Brown's playing, but he has to deal with uh, the center and the right guard. I think it's going to be uh, pretty interesting to watch. Yeah, and Jackson's like six foot four. He's three hundred and thirty pounds. Guy's a monstrosity. So that, that that will be an interesting battle to watch there for sure. If I have to go prediction though, if we go prediction time, what do you think, Wookie? You think this is going to be another L served up to the Jets? Do you think they have a chance this weekend? Obviously, Al Pacino any given Sunday, but <laughs> it's okay, I, I, bro. It's okay. It's it's, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, Jet fans. I mean, you should be holding on to next year with the draft capital at this point because I, I mean seriously why would you want to win this game besides besides just that visceral hey we fucking won a game I'm sorry for the uh the curse there listen um, if we win if we win okay oh, of course it you will be no 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 that. no the I mean, fact I, that Dan, the fact that Dan's Raiders would be the ones that lost would be so satisfying. I mean, I know we probably would have lost on Lawrence. I get it. But, son, the chat would be in epic form, son. You already know. No, it would would be beyond words. And we would have to bring Dan back onto the show next week so he could explain himself. I'm busy. (laughs) Uh, Wookie, stop apologizing to the Jet fans. Give us a score. Phew. I'll say I'll go uh, 24-14 uh, Raiders. Yeah, you're giving us 14 points. I like that. I'll take 28, it. 28-3. 28-3. Oh. Three again? No, I Three. think I think like I think the Raiders defense is garbage enough, like Dan said. Sorry, Dan, to phrase it that way, but they uh, haven't been great this year. Giving up <laughs> points. Um they you know, they probably are bad enough for us to get a couple touchdowns, depending, I guess, maybe on who's calling plays. What am I talking about? Gase might be behind the wheel, so who, know, who the That's hell knows? But, uh, you know, I mean, that defense isn't great, so who knows? Maybe some good special team plays. Maybe they get some short fields there where they only have to go that far, and they could put some uh, get the ball in the end zone. I know our boy missed a kick last week, Sergio. Oh, but just Wookie and I were just talking about that. Senora heard was, yeah. was after him, yeah. right? You said that he was going to... And it's unfortunate because I created a nickname for him called Sergio, a.k.a. the Lethal Weapon, Castillo. I put his t-shirt... I put a thousand t-shirts, everything. Then he boots a kick, and now, uh, now I got. Now I got. I'm gonna rethink it now. We'll see. Oh, oh. Uh, uh. But hey, I think the. I don't think the Jets are gonna take a W either in this game. I think Oakland's a much better team than us, and they're, they're gonna score um, plenty of points. I could see it being 28, 14, 28, 17, something like that, Mike. All I want to say too is, even if we win this game, if you look at what the Jaguars have left now, you can't really think they're gonna win any games. They're trying to tank as well, just like us. It's a battle of the tanks right now, guys. That's what's going on. But they have the Vikings left, and the Vikings are good. Don't get me wrong. But the Vikings also, as you guys know, they lose weird games. They'll lose. Oh, they'll, yeah. They lose games where you're like, "What the hell? What the? Why did? What the hell happened in that game?" And I'm not saying the Vikings aren't better team. Of course they are, and they should win. But you never know with them. Then they play the Titans. Titans are a much better team. That's a divisional game. Those games are always weird. Ravens versus the Jaguars. After that, Ravens a much better team. But they're not playing that great this year. Next game after that, the Jaguars play the Bears, who stink right now. And then after that, they play the Colts, and the Colts are good, but the Colts aren't great either. So the Jaguars might have a win in there. That's what I'm trying to say, guys. They might have a win floating in there. And when you look at the Jets, we're Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, Browns, Patriots. There's no wins in there. There's no wins in there. That's all I'm saying. So even if we take a win this week, Mike, um, I think the Jaguars might be able to sneak one out, and we still get the number one pick anyway. All right, and that's what we have for you guys this week. 
going up against the Raiders. We'll see if we continue the tank job or if we pull one out. Mike, and if anyone does want to listen to us, support us, get us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at abg.jetsradio, on Twitter at abg underscore myj podcast, and on Instagram at jet.aebg. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, the big stinking Wookiee Nicholas Cronk, and the AEBG Raiders expert, Dan Scampoli. My name is Keith Farrell. Get it, everybody, next week. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namus, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, very passionate. Bird, Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the Call the number leaders.